Welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about films playing at International Cinema at Brigham Young University. This podcast is our first of BYU's fall semester, 2022. I'm Doug Weatherford, co-director of International Cinema, and I'm joined by Mark Olivier, IC co-director, and Marie-Laure Oscarson, IC assistant director. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. We're thrilled to be back for a new semester. And I can tell you that during this first podcast of the semester, that our goal is to look ahead at some of the films and film themes that international cinema will feature during the first half of the fall 2022 semester. But before we get to that point, I thought it might be good for those of our listeners who don't know us well to briefly hear something from each of us about who we are, perhaps who we are professionally, and also. I've asked each of my colleagues to perhaps just quickly mention the favorite movie you saw this summer in commercial cinemas. And why don't we begin with Marilor? I'm assistant director to International Cinema. I started in 2014 because of the very sad loss for everybody. Carmen Smith, who was my predecessor, passed away. So Carmen was very much beloved and had a great impact on international cinema, and I wanted to recognize her today. Great. So that's me. I love working for international cinema. It's very enriching, and it's more than a job. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> so this is the sad truth about me. I watch more films on my little dingy screen. It's actually in this computer, <laughs> but I watch more films there than the big cinemas. So that's the truth. And so I still managed to go out once and I went with friends in my neighborhood and it was the a long time since we had gone to a film and we went to see drum roll Mrs. Harris goes to Paris <laughs> yes we did and it was enjoyable and no surprises there so I can't pick the best I have to pick the one because everything else is on, on my screen so you can feel sorry for me I guess I do feel sorry for myself Hopefully, I get to go to some of the film festivals, so that makes up. All of a sudden, I get to watch four films in a cinema every day for uh, days. <laughs> so anyway, that's my sad story. And Marie-Laure, for those of you who don't know, is kind of becoming the long-term memory of international cinema. The IC co-directors come and go every three years, but she's been here a number of years, and we are thrilled to have her in international cinema. Mark? Okay, so I'm in the French and Italian department, the French part of that. So originally I'm an 18th century French literature specialist, but I somehow started doing cinema on the side as sort of a guilty pleasure until I built up enough of a reputation in that area that I wrote a book that is on household objects in horror films. And now I'm the founding editor of a series called Icons of Horror. So that's exciting and books will be coming out in that series pretty soon. So the way that that relates to films in theaters that I saw is I tend to try and stay on top of whatever's happening in the scary movie world. And I think my favorite has been Jordan Peele's latest film, Nope. I will not give you any spoilers, but it really made me think. It had some genuine scary moments, but also a lot of depth in history of cinema as well. So I really enjoyed that. Great. That's about it. And so my name is uh, Doug Weatherford, of course, and I'm kind of like Mark in the sense that I didn't start out originally in film. I was a literature person. I'm in the Department of Spanish and Portuguese. I'm a Mexicanist primarily, although I do work with all of Latin America. And in the last 
12, 15 years or so, I have spent a lot of time finding filmic connections in the work of the Mexican author Juan Rulfo, which has been a lot of fun. And I recently published the screenplays that Gabriel Garcia Marquez and Carlos Fuentes in part wrote to adapt that Mexican author's two novels, El Gallo de Oro and Pedro Paramo. So that's kind of fun. And we all love to see how film connects with a lot of other types of art forms and daily objects. In fact, one of our themes is kind of related to that. The film that I saw this summer that I kind of have a love-hate relationship to it, but it impressed me the most was Elvis, the biopic uh, from 2022 by Boz Luhrmann, who of course has done Strictly Ballroom, which we showed recently at International Cinema as my all-time favorite ballroom movie. That's kind of a very thin, very, niche, <laughs> very you know, thin category, but I love that film. And of course, Moulin Rouge, from 2001 that some of you will have seen as well. It's a very stylized reflection on that great singer of rock and roll. And the first half, I questioned whether I liked the film. There's so many quick cuts in it and this strange montage, but the film finally won me over in the second half. And it is a film that I would recommend, especially for the acting of Austin Butler, who plays Elvis, who is just absolutely amazing. Anyway, Marilor, I was hoping that maybe you could just quickly tell us something about our student employees, because we do have some great student employees working at International Cinema, and just to recognize, maybe not individually, but let us know some of the work that they do. Not individually. That's hard, (laughs) Doug. So yes, we have amazing students. You might not meet Jack because he's not a projectionist, so he's not the face of Icy. But he's definitely behind our website. He designs our posters and everything that needs to be designed. And the video work is from him. We have four amazing projectionists, and I hope you get to know them all. And that's our team of students. So be kind to them. <laughs> they work really hard and they love IC. And if you're not happy with anything, you come to us. Yeah, come to us. <laughs> Don't blame them. We chose yeah. the films. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and if something goes wrong in one of the showings, you yeah, know, nice. And then our students are helping actually everywhere because Hannah, for instance, is a projectionist, but as well, she works on the podcast. So we have different tasks at IC and our students are a major part of our, of our team. Great. Thank you. And I think we need to recognize their efforts frequently because we do rely so heavily on on, uh, students at Brigham Young University. Okay, well, let's jump into this. This is a preview of the themes and maybe some of the films that are coming in the first half of the semester. About mid-semester, we'll do another podcast kind of like this one. And maybe, Mark, we'll start with you and the theme of international horror. Yeah, I'm very excited that we're having international horror as a theme. I've loved scary movies ever since I was little. And then as a scholar, I like scary movies because what our fears are say a lot about us as a society and as people. So to give you a sampling, I'm going to go over them kind of quickly. But the horror movies, we have Demon, which... If you get scared easily, I think you can handle this one because in some ways it's also a dark comedy. And I won't give you any spoilers other than to note that it uses the Jewish folkloric figure of the Dibbuk, which is essentially a supernatural entity that possesses someone in order to accomplish some kind of unfinished business. And in this case, it deals with Polish Jewish history. So there's a lot of depth. And I think sometimes people think of horror as just kind of a popcorn genre that's meant to just scare you, but there's depth in these movies. The Host is a 2006 movie by Bong Joon-ho, who you probably know from Parasite. 
and it's a great modern monster movie, huge blockbuster. It was the highest grossing in Korea when it came out. And it also is considered eco-horror because this monster in it is connected to toxic substances. Then we've got Devil's Backbone, which is a lesser known film of Guillermo del Toro, but it happens to be one of my favorites because of the way that it explains the function of ghost stories and their relation to the past and to our culture. Then we've got Dark Water, a Japanese film that's very atmospherically creepy, not gory or anything. It's from Japan and it touches on the challenges of raising a daughter as a single mother. Carnival of Souls is a very, if you're a fan of Twilight Zone, I think you will enjoy this. It's shot mostly in Utah. It's got an unsettling organ score. And it's been an inspirational film to movie directors like David Lynch and George Romero, who are also known for doing creepy films. And then finally, we've got a documentary called Horror Noir, which explores the history of the representation of Black people in horror from the very early films all the way up to the present. It's fascinating, educational. I'm super glad we're seeing it. Some of it might be a little bit on the gory side if you're super sensitive, maybe this isn't for you, but it's also a lot of fun and incredibly educational. So that's basically the entire lineup, the international <laughs> horror. And I'm, I have to admit that I'm really looking forward to Carnival of Souls. If you're not into cheesy movies, this one might not be for you. But if you like campy, if you like cheese, if you like a film that shows a Saltaire, this is 1962, I think it is, isn't it, um, yeah. Mark? Yes, is it the is. year. So it's just kind of a fun movie. Don't go into the film expecting high levels of CGI. But I think that students who like this film will really like this film. Doug and, and I are both it. big fans of this film. Yeah. Money Lord a little less. We don't all we don't all have to love so every gay. film we show. We'll probably get to some film disagreements <laughs> later on. Yeah. yeah. And Mari Lord is going to talk about another theme that we were all really excited about when the idea came up and that was all about objects. And That's this right. is kind of fun. And this awesome documentary called Monoblock started that series like oh my goodness we need to build a series around this because it's everything is about the plastic stackable ugly usually white chair and this documentary just that's the start is the monoblock and we find out that we have a lot of prejudices actually as a society that this documentary addresses it talks about the social impact of objects as well and how much like for us, like it's this ugly, wasteful thing and it's not very environmentally friendly, although it does recycle, I find out. But over the all around the world, it's used differently and it's a way for people, the only way sometimes to sit elsewhere than on the ground. So this documentary takes you all over the world. I just recorded a podcast, so that will be podcast number two for our listeners with Professor David Morgan and go see it, listen to the podcast. The series as well includes Fajda, and Aifa Al-Mansour is the first female filmmaker in Saudi Arabia, so it's a, it's a big landmark, and the film raises a lot of questions about stereotypes. Uh, girls are not allowed to ride bikes in Saudi Arabia, yet stores sell them. There's a lot of things like that, but the filmmaker is very interested in facing sources of oppression, on the culture, on, on men, that there's something deeper as well. 
about this? It's just problems of patriarchy or is it as well internalized, embodied and perpetrated by other people? So Pussy this film, Black Box is a thriller. It's a French thriller. It will keep you on the edge of your seat. And that's all I say. We have Shoes and the Drunken Mattress and we go back into history of silent cinema with two very important women filmmakers. So please go see what women did in 1916 and uh, the early hours of cinema. The Secret World of Ariety is coming to us from the Ghibli Studios and it's an adaptation of The Borrowers by Mary Norton. It's a very calm, it's very almost like a meditation I'll say. It's definitely about objects and that will be different you know than some other films that you might see from Studio Ghibli that are just packed full of action. This one has a great message about cultural and social divides that happen, but there's a definitely gentle, meditative, calm atmosphere to this film. And then The Man Who Sold His Skin will make you think a lot and how the body is used as an object and in very specific ways here. And again, about the art world and movement as well between societies, as in not so much word but geographically moving from one place and to another and what does it mean another word i would add to i would like to add not so much about all about objects but you know i'm always looking at we're showing 50 films and how many women filmmakers do we have mm. we're, we're always trying to represent our female filmmakers because the importance of representing diverse storytellings and perspectives and I have to report that we're at 38 this semester, so we're not at 50-50, we're trying. <laughs> we are trying so hard. This semester, I invite you to hear other people's voices. Great, thank you. And I'll just have to say again that Monoblock is worth seeing. And I think it's a lot of fun because I think most of us from you know, the first world will go into this film thinking that this ugly monoblock because it's made with one imprint, right? It's such a utilitarian, ugly chair. <laughs> but as the film leaves Europe and goes to the third world or goes to Africa, goes to Latin America, and you see what a blessing and inexpensive practical chair can be for other people, I think that we'll leave some of our aesthetic prejudices behind. This documentary is worth a Yeah, I think seeing. it will make everybody think about their own usages of objects and the life of the objects that they use, the relationships as well between people through those objects. And I, I really hope that this film, this documentary will take you to other places of the world where your eyes will be open. Great. And my theme is complex families. This was the easiest series or theme for us to fill because it seems like most movies in one way or another deal with families that may in one way or another have complexities to them. But it's also a really fun and really important theme and series that I think we're running. The films are Spirited Away, which is, of course, a Studio Ghibli mega hit that I know, you know, students at BYU always enjoy the Ghibli films. It's directed by Miyazaki. If you haven't seen Ghibli films, this is a great one to see. We have Petite Maman, 2021 French fantasy drama from Italy, 100 Steps, which is a film from 2000. The three that I want perhaps mention just a little bit more in depth are Here We Are, which is an Israeli film from 2020 that I really enjoyed. It's directed by Nir Bergman. It was an official selection of the Cannes Film Festival. 
and it's about a father's bond with and struggle to support an autistic young adult son. And it's about the father, it's about the son, it's about the struggles of any family that has to give freedom to children at the same time, trying to support them. And one of the things that I really liked about this film is that as we show films from the Middle East, whether they be Hebrew or Arabic, that frequently we get into themes that are really important, like Israeli connections to the Holocaust or the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And as important as those are, one of the things I really liked about this film was that it was just a story about a father and a son that happened to be taking place in Israel. And in many ways, it's a coming-of-age movie. In many ways, it's a travel movie. And we see some Israeli landscape without all, perhaps, the other baggage that is important. But this film, I think, is simple and in its simplicity becomes a very universal tell. I think you'll like that film a lot. Force Majeure uh, from Sweden 2014 is a black comedy drama written and directed by Ruben Ostland. And uh, for those of you who are familiar with this director's work, uh, of course, we showed The Square recently, and his films are, you might love them, you might hate them. They're always going to slap you across the face. They're very memorable. They're uncomfortable films that challenge typical audience reactions and go into it not expecting to have a comfortable experience. But this is a film that questions family, family dynamics, gender roles, and just all kinds of things. And I think it's really worth your time. My favorite film in this category is one that I kind of pushed for the most, which was Belfast, which when I saw it last year in the movie theaters, I knew I wanted to bring it here. From 2021, director is Kenneth Branagh who described this film as his most personal one. It has an incredible cast. I only mention one person, Dame Judi Dench. It's worth going to see just to see her acting, but all of the acting is spot on. The cinematography in black and white is amazing. It received uh, tons of awards in the Oscars, in the Golden Globes, and around the country. It didn't win a lot, but uh, it did receive a lot of nominations. Again, it's a coming-of-age film that follows a young boy's childhood in Belfast, Northern Ireland, at the beginning of the Troubles in 1969. It's a Protestant family that lives on one particular street. And I love the sense that you take one street in one neighborhood, in one city, in one country, and you create something that is very specific, but again, is very universal and has meaning, I think, for the human experience. I think that you're really going to love this film. You're going to love the cinematography, the acting, the directing. It's just a film that is worth your time, Belfast. So those are our three themes. Mm -hmm. And before we end some rapid fire questions, I want to ask my colleagues if there's anything else that they would like to add. Yes, I would like to tell everybody, look at the poster. We covered those three themes, but on the left side, you have miscellaneous film a documentary that could well fit into a, a, another series, but don't forget, we, we have great films there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, I should just yeah. uh, throw in a reminder that every Wednesday at five, we've got a guest lecture that precedes a screening of a film. And those are amazing. So just if you're not, you know, some students who take a class right before that all know about it. But if you weren't aware, every Wednesday at five, there is about a 30 minute lecture preceding a screening. And that's in 250 of the Kimball Tower. 
And so for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, international cinema, we have been showing films in that building for how many years? Uh, 54 years now. In that same building, a <laughs> yeah. long time. It's the on the main thing, floor. No, it's not that same building. It started in the old JKB. Mm. Right. If you remember. Yeah, when it was JKHB. Like yeah. oh, JKHB, sorry. Yeah. Back it's in not the day. JKB. <laughs> well, it is now, but. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and then moved to the Kimball Tower when it was built, really. Yeah, and so it's been in that location for a long time. You don't need to remember the number. All you have to do is go on the ground floor of the Kimball Tower, which is the only skyscraper we have on campus. It's just on the main floor. You'll find it. And we would love to have you, if you haven't been before, to come and join us there. All of our screenings are free to the public, so you don't have to bring money with you. And we'd love to have you come. And just to interject one thing, I just found out only today, that my sister met her husband at International Cinema. I didn't know that until today. So, you know, it's a good date night is what I'm saying. It's a great (laughs) date night. (laughs) Okay, so we're almost done with this podcast, but we did want to finish with something that we're hoping to do occasionally with our guests, and that might be to do some type of rapid fire questions to just kind of talk about, you know, some of our experiences of film and maybe create a little bit of controversy or disagreement (laughs) or even agreement as the case may be. So the first question is the only one I've given a hint to Marie, Laura, and Mark that they were going to get. And then the rest are rapid fire and they haven't heard these yet. Oh, the pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But the ones they know about, I wanted to ask them, who is the filmmaker? And it can be a director, it can be an actor, cinematographer, whatever, that you believe is overrated and that you believe is underrated. Why don't we start with Marie Lord? Ah, fires on me. So underrated, Terrence Malick. The Tree of Life, The Thin Red Line. I love his filmmaker. And yes, okay, so Terrence Same, Malick. Same, agree, that. yes. Okay. Overrated. Okay, this is where the fight starts. I've <laughs> <laughs> well because he did oh. too much. Like, it was, it's too much for me. His projects are commendable, but his methods are questionable and shocking to me. And Marie Lord knew that I was. We sat, we're sitting words. on opposite sides of the table so that she can say that. So I don't come after her because she knows I am a huge Luis Buñuel fan, especially his work that he shot in Mexico. So we'll have to continue this we're fight not later. Fighting. We're friends. We're friends. <laughs> Mark. Okay. So underrated, I chose Guy Madden, the Canadian director who does a lot of work that's in the style of early silent expressionistic film and i mean the critics like him and everything but i feel like when i talk to friends and everything they're not feeling it but i love him so guy madden overrated this is gonna be this is gonna get me in trouble but i'm gonna say werner herzog Um, ouch they're picking on me today (laughs) i just the thing about it is it's not that he's not objectively a good filmmaker it's that i just don't feel it he just doesn't do it for me sorry oh and see i i feel it i love herzog i've I've often thought as a latin americanist i've often thought that he was more of a latin american filmmaker than a german Hmm. he's got a real latin american heart to him so Good filmmaker, okay. but too much of his films. Like I want to see him okay. less in the sc- on the screen. Well, <laughs> well, so, Marlo is joining me in the. Some fight. people, yeah, I'm being picked on. So, <laughs> it, no, it, no, okay, Doug, go ahead. Wow. My uh, my overrated might uh, create some controversy as well, and I'm not saying they're not good. And I I chose to stick oh. with actors, oh. and I think that Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks are overrated. Oh. Not that they're not good. 
is that they have received more awards than they deserve. So great actors, but they're just, I think, over overrepresented at the Golden Globes and Oscars. So underrated, and I've said this before, Marilyn Monroe and Sergio Leone. And the reason I pick both of them is because I think that both of them are connected perhaps to the carnivalesque in a way that we take them not as serious as they should be. I think Sergio Leone, great spaghetti Western film director, and Marilyn Monroe a lot better as an actress that I think sometimes we give her credit for. So there you go. Come and find me at my office if you want to continue the fight. Okay, here's the rapid fire questions. They're this or that. You won't spend a lot of time with each. But first of all, where do you prefer to sit in a movie theater? Front, middle, back? Marilor. Middle. 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 <laughs> rom-com or Western? Mark. Rom-com. Rom-com. Western. <laughs> you can see we're kind Wait, of different. Western. 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 Steady cam or shaky cam? Ah, it depends. It's a hard one. I'll go with steady. Um, steady. Steady cam. For, I love stasis in film. <laughs> no, no, okay, this one's from Marilor. Hitchcock or Buñuel? Oh, wait, let me think. Hitchcock. (laughs) Hitchcock for sure. Uh, This one's too hard for me. I'd say Hitchcock's a better director, but I love Buñuel. So horror or suspense? Oh, horror. Ah, suspense. (laughs) Suspense for me too. Harold Lloyd or Charlie Chaplin? Ooh, hard. I'll go with Harold Lloyd. I'll go with Chaplin. I'll go with Chaplin as well. Charlie Chaplin or Cantinflas from Mexico? (laughs) I'm still going for Charlie Chaplin but it's out of ignorance well since I'm a Mexicanist I'll go with Cantinflas if you don't know who Cantinflas is look him up Marilyn Monroe or Betty Davis that's hard oh boy I'll I'll go Betty Betty Davis I'll go Marilyn I'll go Marilyn as well Mm -hmm. although I love Betty Davis Mm -hmm. Studio Ghibli or Pixar are you kidding me (laughs) no yes Ghibli Ghibli I'm I'm team Ghibli oh Supposed to be rapid fire. You've got to make a decision right now. Ghibli, although I love Pixar. I I would probably go with Pixar. That's a that's a tough one. Black and white or color? Color. Yeah. Color, color. I'm gonna do black and white. Belfast is in black and white. I love black and white. Cinema a verite or Bollywood? Mm. I'm gonna say Bollywood. I'll go for verite. I'll do verite as well. Although Bollywood's fun. Lord of the Rings or Jurassic Park? Ouch. None of them. <laughs> um, no. Really? No, it's no. a hard no. I say I mean, Lord of the Rings. I, I, Lord of the that. Rings. Push me enough. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jurassic Park, although the concluding movie this summer was awful. Okay. Didn't even see it. No. It was awful. I love the series, hated the last. Catherine Deneuve or Penelope Cruz? <gasps> My heroes. No. no. <laughs> I have to go. So oh, oh wow i'm same, surprised same. penelope cruz i love her i'm gonna go with penelope yeah. cruz as well yeah. okay guillermo del toro or pedro almodovar oh almodovar 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 also i'll go with uh, del toro as a mexicanist i have <laughs> yeah. to last one parasite or howl's moving castle oh <laughs> i say i say parasite Love Parasite. Okay, I'm going for a health moving castle. Okay. This is like a, yeah, a and, and I'll break the tie with Parasite, yes. which for those of you who don't know, uh, I believe has the uh, position of the most 
viewed movie ever shown at international cinema in a single yes. week. Oh, yeah. For good reason. Yeah. Anyway, well, that was fun. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it and I hope you uh, see that we don't always agree here at international cinema. And so. And yet we all like each other. <laughs> we do, at least through today. <laughs> and thank you for being listeners of this podcast. Thank you for being supporters of international cinema. And thank you, Mark and Mari Lord, for making working here at International Cinema uh, such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll conclude this podcast from the booth by saying that this podcast is produced by the International Cinema Program at BYU and supported by the BYU College of Humanities. We are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here as they do not represent any official position adopted by the university or its supporting institutions. We thank our sound engineer, Hannah Guevara, and Johnny Stallings, who composed our podcast soundtrack. Visit ic.byu.edu for upcoming films and showtimes. And until next week, keep watching great international movies, and we hope to see many of you in our showrooms starting next week at 250 Kimball. Thank you.